Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The Bigger Picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to The Bigger Picture. This is Imad Akhtar. Now, we've had three straight quarters of year-over-year earnings declines, but it seems like expectations are set for an improved third quarter earnings season. A strong earnings season could be all it takes to fuel a year-end rally on Wall Street, and that would eclipse the recent jitters from geopolitical tensions. In fact, S&P 500 companies that have reported quarterly earnings so far have beaten analyst estimates by 9%. To tell us more about this, we have on the line with us Brian Arcees, Portfolio Manager and Equity Analyst at Ford Asset Management. Brian, welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. Brian, let's start with U.S. earnings season. Banks and financial companies, the likes of J.P. Morgan, Citigroup, Wells Fargo, closed out last week with better than expected third quarter earnings. What would you say contributed to these positive results? No, I think it's it's a couple of things. I mean, I think it is important to look at earnings revisions through time and also recognize that earnings expectations had moved in prior to many companies reporting this quarter. So it's really two things. I mean, it is underlying economic strength. I mean, the economy is still growing in the U.S., and we see that as companies report earnings. The second piece is that the yardstick by which we measure them, the expectations going into earnings season, has come down as well, which makes jumping over that hurdle slightly easier than it otherwise would have been. We are still cautious over the medium term, but we do think that earnings, at least to date, in the few companies that we've seen, Mm. have come in better than expected. Mm, That's right. We had about 12 companies reporting their earnings last week, but this week the season is accelerating with over 50 S&P 500 companies scheduled to report. Any that stand out for you or that we should keep a lookout for, Brian? You know, for us, we're really looking at a number of the consumer companies that report not only this week, but going forward as well. So if we look at housing, for example, or if we look at even companies that sell into that housing space, like a Home Depot or a Lowe's, Mm. some of these then give us a bit more insight and indication into how the underlying U.S. consumer is doing. I mean, as you know, U.S. consumer spending is 70% of Mm. GDP. It's a massive driver. And so trying to get some insights from those consumer companies, particularly the large ones, can then give us read through to the direction of the economy going forward. Uh, It seems to be good news on the earnings front in the US, but not so good news in China. And we know corporate profits there are in a structural decline. And analysts have slashed targets for the likes of Alibaba, JD.com, in what appear to be red flags for the earnings season there. What's your take on that, Brian? (laughs) You certainly have more sluggishness in the economy in China relative to the U.S. So the market, in some ways, is reflecting that uncertainty. But obviously, the consumer in China is quite worried about the strength or lack of strength in that property market. And until they can get more confidence there, it's unlikely that you'll see really strong consumer rebound. This week, Chinese-listed companies have made an attempt to boost the stock market by announcing share buyback and committing to withdrawing share sales. Is that going to be enough? I'm not so sure it's going to be enough. I mean, I think that it's certainly incrementally positive. Mm. And I think the stimulus that China has put in place around lowering mortgage standards, for example, in the property market, all of these are incrementally positive. But if we look at the size of property development as a percentage of GDP in China, 
it's still quite outsized. So it does need to come down as a percentage of GDP. And ultimately, that sector needs to stabilize for the Chinese consumer to feel more comfortable. All right. Now, it's obviously difficult to have a conversation about China without discussing that elephant in the room. And I'm talking about the property crisis. Now, the clock, Brian, appears to be ticking for Country Garden to avert its first ever public dollar bond default. We also have Ping An Real Estate in the news. It's been described as China's new hot potato um, and it's come under fire for liabilities that were hidden from its balance sheet. Would it be fair to say, Brian, that the property contagion is a bottomless pit? Well, I'm not so sure it is bottomless, <laughs> but I would say that we certainly have not reached the bottom yet. From a financial sector standpoint, it is difficult to tell within China where the liabilities ultimately so we obviously, we certainly wouldn't be surprised to have more liabilities at different banks, different insurance companies that then come to the fore. And then for those reasons, despite the attractive valuations in that sector, I think investors are really would be encouraged to be patient. In the case of a country garden, for example, if you look at the U.S. dollar bonds, I mean, they're trading at five cents on the dollar. So they're really being priced as if a default is imminent or expected on those. And sector is a very large portion of GDP. It is quite levered and there will be defaults within that space. So investors need to be really selective if that's an area that they're interested in kind of dipping their toe into. For us at the moment, we've chosen to stay away from that sector in particular. Looking ahead as well, some key economic indicators expected to come out of China. One of them is the year-on-year GDP. Of course, we also have industrial production, retail sales and unemployment. But eyes are peeled on the GDP. Economists expecting about a 4.4% increase in Q3 GDP. That's in contrast to 4.5% Q1 and 6.3% in Q2. Brian, what approach do you think investors are taking with the combination of slow growth, but also signs from the authorities that further stimulus measures lie ahead? No, it's a great question. Really, investors need to balance right now. It's not unreasonable to expect GDP growth to slow. I mean, in addition to the size of the property sector in China as a percentage of GDP, and it should come as no surprise, but I mean, the consumer wealth in China, 70% is also held within that property sector. Mm. So given the large amount of uncertainty there, it's reasonable for consumers to tighten their belt until they have more comfort. And what that does, obviously, is weigh on GDP growth. And so we would expect GDP to continue to slow, it doesn't mean that the problems need to be solved, Mm. but that these incremental stimulus measures begin to give consumers a bit more comfort that the risk of contagion is more contained. And so while we haven't seen massive stimulus in the way that we see in other countries, I think China is going about it in a measured way and will continue to stimulate incrementally in ways that still allow for that property sector to shrink over time because it does need to, while at the same time supporting it so that it doesn't result in massive contagion while that kind of shrinking is going on. All right. It remains to be seen whether that risk of contagion, as you rightly pointed out, will be more contained. We've been speaking with Brian R.C., the Portfolio Manager and Equity Analyst at Ford Asset Management. Brian, thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank you. <laughs> You're very welcome. Stay with Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.